Welcome to On the Edge with April Mahoney Brains. You hit the spot. The place where the conversation is pointed, the guests are sharp, and the responses are never dull. Put your thinking caps on, because the conversation starts now. Welcome to On the Edge with April Mahoney Brains. You're at the spot with a blonde today, hey, <laughs> where the conversation is pointed, the guests are sharp, and the responses are never dull. Ooh, boy, I got a juicy one for you. You better hang on to the end, okay, because this is one gripping tale. I have Dr. Angela Bennett from Australia with me today. And brains, let me tell you, just a little bit, okay? She is an author. She is a prolific speaker. She not too long ago got her doctorates. She lives in beautiful Australia. She is the mother of five. Uh, she is recovering from drugs and alcohol, but the coup de grace is that she was a professional sex worker. Oh, I'm gonna ask her about the full suite of services and the whole shebang, but I want you to meet her. I want you to tell her story. And I forgot to say she plays the cello. This is going to be so beautiful. I'm so excited. Uh, let's welcome her to the edge. Dr. Angela Bennett, how are you, beautiful soul? I'm so well. Thank you, April, for having me. It's been a long time in the making this interview. It has. It has. And I am just so excited to have you. Tell my brains a little bit about you, how you show up in the world, and you know what are you doing at this point in your life? Yeah, sure. Well, hi, Brains. It's so wonderful to be here. Thank you so much. I have a podcast. I have, as April said, seven anthologies that I'm a part of. I uh, have a coaching business as well. And I have just started an outreach with women in the sex industry. So being a support for them and just showing up so they know that there is someone there who has their back and who really cares about them. And I love doing that work. It brings me so much joy. And I have two grandbabies. I have five children, but I have two grandbabies as well. Is that, <laughs> so that amazing? Well, I'm telling you, I don't know when you have time to come up for air because you are a busy soul. How did you start playing the cello of all instruments? You know, I love the shape of the cello. She, she's the shape of a woman. She's an hourglass. And the way that you just embrace her and she just rocks with you as you play, it's how could you not? The sound is, can be melancholy. It's just beautiful. She's one of my favourite instruments. It is. And it's very, uh, it's very romantic. It's very soothing. It's in between, you know, a bass. And uh, my girlfriend plays the harp. Wow. She has a, a jazz harp that she straps on and, and walks through the crown and plays with it. I have to send you her CD. She is off the chain. So, you know, it is, and it, it it's a certain kind of, I don't know, person that would play a cello. Now, do you play mostly classical music? Okay. I'm not the best player just yet. I just play what my teacher tells me to play, like Twinkle right. Twinkle. <laughs> That's like me with the guitar, girl, please. If I can remember the chords, I'm doing well. So let's talk to the individual that um, has some drug and alcohol issues. Oh, you know what you forgot to mention also, Brains, is that she is a devout Christian. Am I correct? Absolutely. He's my okay. Christian. Yes. So we're going to talk about that too. So let's talk to all three of those individuals. The Christian that's dealing with drugs and alcohol. What do you say to them? 
great question. There is one thing that comes to mind in particular, first and foremost, two things actually. Number one, shame, the shame that comes with being an addict and the fact that we are washed clean by the blood of Jesus and he remembers our sins no more. So every time we bring them up and we bring them up to him, he's like, I don't know what you're talking about. They've been washed clean. They've been uh, crucified at the cross with me, with you. You don't need to bring this up anymore. So there is so much power in the blood. And I'm 356 days sober today. Wow. Yeah, thank you. Massive achievement. I did not expect to see myself here. I would not have been able to do this without the support of therapy and prayer and all the things. I Well, I was actually brought up in a Christian home. So mm. it's interesting, interesting you asked that question because I was thinking about that earlier this morning and we were brought up, I mean, I was born in 76. And so when we were old enough, the the teaching was all around fear and Jesus coming back and revelation. And, you know, there's so many of us that was damaged and scarred by that teaching. And whilst it is true, there's a way that it could be delivered. But back then it was delivered how they knew how. Oh, yeah, it was harsh, fire and brimstone. And I was talking to another guest about that. You know, they made God something that he's supposed to be all loving, all knowing, but they have people afraid of them. But that is by interpretation. That's why you have to have your own personal relationship with God. I got a straight line. Line's never busy. Nobody's ever in my lane. When it's my turn, it's my turn. And I take full advantage of it. And that's what we have to do. You got to show up. Okay. So now you have went from uh, drugs and alcohol, finding Christianity, but how did you manage five children and all of that? Is that what caused you to drink? I'm not, I'm not laughing, but good Lord. <laughs> you doing yeah. a lot. Yeah, you know, that was really hard. Um, actually, my first husband was an alcoholic. Mm. And, and our marriage was quite tumultuous and terrible. And so I drank to be able to cope with the situation that I was in. And then I came out of that that marriage and and because I, I wasn't normally a big drinker, mm. but uh, probably around 2018, I started to hit the bottle quite hard because of my life that I was living, that I wasn't doing really well and I wasn't happy. And once again, I was drinking alcohol to cope. And then the relationship that I was in, there was cocaine often and that all just accelerated, particularly through COVID because what else were you doing at home and you were removed from everyone. We had this five, I don't know if you guys had it, we had this five kilometre um, restriction. We weren't allowed to go anywhere, leave our home, see our children. We weren't allowed to do anything. And it was hard. And then my relationship. Well, people were able to do something. You was able to get the dope. So everything was, you know, I mean, keep it 100. You was able to, people were able to do that because drugs and alcohol skyrocketed. I guess, you know, it's hard. You're in the room with somebody that you don't particularly care for that would go off to work. Um, we don't know what this pandemic is, who's going to bring it in the house, who to be suspicious of. Do we take the jab? Don't take the jab. You know, I get it. Yeah. All of that. 
you have yes. 356 days sober. Congratulations. Thank you. There was a lot for all of us that we were all dealing with through that time. Yes. But no, just... it was God speaking to us, uh, Dr. A. It was yes. God. He's put everybody in timeout. Everybody had the perfect pause. And if you didn't pay attention and you still acting ignorant, that's on you. Come on. God said, quiet, quiet the monkey mind. I'm going to keep you at home. Okay. You watch what I say. You eat what you can eat. You don't interact with people. He spoke the Bible in volumes. We're living in revelations, Christians. Now you, <laughs> you just pick it up and read it. Okay. It'll blow your wig back. Literally. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so now, how did you become a professional? Now, and, and Brave, let, let, let me uh, give this a disclaimer or a prelude to this. This is a very mature conversation, okay? And sex is one of my favorite all-time pastimes. And when you take it to the level of sharing your body with a total stranger, for money. Think about that. Just think about that. Just, you know, you build relationships over time. But I want to ask her, how do you fall in love? How do you separate fact from fiction? Somebody's fantasy. That's number one. Number two, the rules and the regulations for professional sex workers. Now, uh, don't sit here like, oh, my God, you, you're saying something out of character. Women have been selling ass since the turn, tamed, uh, since the turn of time. It's done taking down countries' brains. It's still doing it. Look at all these politricians. Money and some booty. That's what it is. That's exactly what it is. But because a man has sexual indiscretions, does that mean that he can't run a country? He can't make strong decisions uh, for a woman as well. Because I'm telling you, my libido skyrocketed at 40, baby. He was like, get back, get back. <laughs> really? So I just kind of want to ask some of those questions. So let me dial back because I know I put a lot of commentary in there. But how did you get yourself involved? So my first child I had when I was 17 and that was a really toxic relationship and he had absolutely annihilated every bit of confidence in me that I had. I also started off, I also ended up with um, postnatal depression after that, after that first baby. Now he's nearly 30 years old. So 30 years ago, postnatal depression was not something that was discussed. I thought I was going crazy was like there's something wrong with me I can't handle this and my ex ended up taking my my son from me so that's my firstborn son so after that there was so much shame so much insecurity so so little self-worth I thought who's gonna love me who will ever love me along comes that movie Pretty Woman Julie Roberts Richard Gere she's a hooker she finds this knight in shining armor who sweeps her off her feet. That, that, that was a good movie. I could binge on that. I could watch it two or three times. It's a great movie, but it also glorified prostitution. And I thought in my naive little 19-year-old brain, I can do that. I can meet the love of my life, my knight in shining armor who'll come and rescue me. 
you know, my life's always already such a mess. Why not throw that in the mix? And so I did. And I found, so in Australia, prostitution is legal. Do you hear so that? Right? Have, it's legal. legal. You got to take, you got to pay taxes on the P. <laughs> yeah. The P, yeah. the private, the person, whatever you want to call it. <laughs> so I found this beautiful establishment, five star, you know, we wore beautiful gowns. It was very classy, uh, indoor swimming pool, the whole thing. It was gorgeous. So I found this place and I started working there. I mean, I'm 19 years old. They snappled me up quick smart. I lasted about six months in that industry and God would not, I was not walking with God, but he would not leave me. And this is one of the things that I love the most about God. Even in your the depths of your deepest, darkest sin or your just your horror, he doesn't leave you. He's always poking, reminding you. You have free will, right? He's he's a gentleman. He's not going to force himself on you, but he will not leave you. He's always there calling your name, waiting for you to come home. Exactly. But some people, again, have been punished, been ostracized, been ridiculed in the sake of religion. And considering being a sex worker, and going to Christ seems two polar opposites, but don't think because that's what her profession was has anything to do with her heart and her spirit. And my God, all-knowing, forgiving God, again, like she said, that's been wiped clean. So how did you relate to your children? All of that. I mean, you got a whole lot going on. Were you in actively in the business during and, and mothering at the same time, part-time? Yeah, absolutely. And yeah, I actually used to tell people that I worked at, a ho- at different hotels. So they would tell me, it was like a temping job. So they would tell me which hotel to go to. So I wasn't ever in the one space. So people couldn't find me. You know, you you live a lie and you learn to create lies to cover the lie that you're living. And your whole life just becomes this twisted lie. So, so your children thought you were doing something else outside of what you were doing for a long time. Okay. Of course. Initially, I, I, I didn't work. Oh, sorry, I wasn't in a relationship while I was working. I didn't do that. In Australia, once again, we are, condoms are not an option. They're not an option. They The house, the brothel provides them for you. So I've never had intercourse with a client without a, without a condom. Um, you know, there are some women, if you pay them enough, they may consider taking it off. But, yeah, I, I never had that issue. And I was never in a relationship while I was doing that. I couldn't do both personally. However, there were women who were, who were doing that. They were married. Their husbands knew. They were putting a roof over their head. And I fully respect every woman that comes into this industry they I met women who were putting their mothers through chemotherapy paying medical bills I met women who were putting themselves through university I met women who were uh, supporting their families putting a roof over their head there's so much stigma around women in prostitution who are drug addicts and this that and the other and it is sometimes that's the case but it is not always true they are incredibly brave women out there doing whatever it takes 
to create a life for them and their families. Right. And if you have it, you know, I mean, you look at these other, I'm not going to name no names because I work in Hollywood, but again, sex kittens, that's what they, Marilyn Monroe. I didn't think everything she could have had any talent, acting, singing, nothing, but she was a pretty face and a big bun bun. Okay. So you move forward and you progress um, in your life and you say, you know what, this is, oh, 14 and 15. I mean, it's just so easy. I don't know what you're running away from, young girls. I don't know what you're looking for. Is it daddy issues? Is it to be loved? Is it to be validated? Is it just to be fast? You know, what is it? Um, you look at people like the R. Kelly case. You know, don't be wooed by the brand new shiny object. There's some trickery. Right, Dr. A? Yeah, exactly. You're spot on. And, and this is one of the things, you know, prostitution comes in so many different shapes and forms. And there are societal, societal, socially acceptable forms of prostitution so women staying in marriages or relationships because they're financially provided for okay yeah. tell them tell them girl you a prostituting yourself tell them oh, yeah you are if you are if you are hmm. being treated yet you are staying for financial reasons that is a form of prostitution it is socially acceptable but it is a form of it as is working in a in a company that is mistreating you, but you stay for the money. There are so many different forms of prostitution. It's not funny. Yet we we are so narrow-minded and go, oh, she's selling her body, that's it. No. If you are selling your, your soul, your mind, your heart in any way, shape, or form, that is a form of prostitution. It's just socially acceptable and it gets swept under the carpet and it's overlooked. And that, that's okay. That's suitable. It's not. Stand up for yourself, for what you believe in, for what you deserve, for, for who you are. That's right. Be you have own, if anything else, be your own damn boss. Right? <laughs> Something to contribute to this world. There is a purpose for you being here. Go after that. Rise. It's time to rise up, women and men. Men and women, it is time for all of us to rise up and step into our purpose, our God-given purpose, because we all have one. Whether you, you know, whether you're a full-on, full-blown Christian for radical Christian, whatever it is that you do, you have a purpose in this world, and there are people that you are depriving from hearing your message and for, from reaching because you're shrinking back you're playing small or you you're listening to the voices of you've got nothing to share you've got nothing to you know you who's going to listen to you stop right. listening to those things stop listening to that and step into your purpose and and your power because we all have it Absolutely. and we all need to bring it don't let anybody turn down your light so let's talk about a couple more things i could talk to you forever but i want to be sure to talk a little bit about the podcast and your coaching yeah. So my podcast, I, I've just done a segment with men actually for the month, done a month of men's podcast, getting uncomfortable, getting comfortable with being uncomfortable because there's a lot of issues out there that men are embarrassed or ashamed to speak of, but they are real issues. And, you know, I, ideas and feelings around suicide, um, uh, addictions, whatever they may be, and and all sorts of things, self worth or lack thereof, these are not 
men or women issues. These are, they're not gender specific. These are human issues and you have a right to be able to speak about them. Can I, can I interject? I'm sorry. And just ask a question here because you were in this, this, the sex industry, um, you become their confidant as well. Your client's confidant. You know, you're like the, you're like the hairdresser. They'll tell you everything, you know, and they know that you will hold it in a sacred space. Did you find that? Oh yeah, I have a lot of secrets. I hold wow. a lot of secrets. Um, there's a lot of lonely, sad men out there, and Sometimes they just want you to hold space. Yep. To be they a sounding don't... board. Yeah, to be a sounding. board. They want to be seen. They want to be heard, just like women. It's it's not a gender-specific need. It is a human need to be seen, heard, loved, and belong and accepted. So you were telling us about your series. I'm sorry to had interjected, but I wanted to, to ask that while I was on my mind. Um, you've finished this series. I think working with men would just really propel you to a different level. You've already ascended so high um, because you understand more probably than a psychologist, more than their wife, sometimes more than their mother, because they know that, okay, this is a safe place. I can go. I can release, be it a man or a woman. I can release and I can be who I am. And then I go back and I send the world my representative. I can be my true authentic self with, you know, with Angela, but then when I go to work, I have to be this totally different thing. So um, I think that that's very brave. I think you could do amazing work in that space because you understand that dynamic. And your voice inflection is so soft and sweet. <laughs> it's hypnotic. Well, I mean, you know, hey, again, it, it's all about all of your senses, brains, your sense of smell and taste and and touch and hearing and, and emotion. That's what what this whole thing is about, this thing that we call life, this thing that we call love. How do you explain love? Oh, gosh. Oh, wow. How much time do we have? You know, it's a, it's really a place for me. Love is a place of such vulnerability. There has to be, because I, I know for some men when they step into that place of vulnerability of speaking to their wife they're like hey I, I really am struggling I need help some women don't cope with it and and it's so sad it is so sad and to me you need to be able if someone loves you unconditionally enough where you're going to go ahead and say those wedding vows and commit to the rest of your life with someone there has to be a space of, of vulnerability between the both of you because we we all have human traits of, of weakness at times, right? We need more than we think we need. We really do. And to have a husband or a wife who holds you in a, who provides a safe place for you to fall apart and then walk alongside you and rebuild you with that in that moment, to me, that's love. You should, have been playing, you should have been playing the cello at the same time. <laughs> I don't know if the tune of Twinkle Twinkle Little Star would have gone so well with that. <laughs> Funny. Okay, the book. You have been featured in seven anthologies. 
Yes, I have. I want you to hear her reading. Now, she does this amazing thing on Facebook where I, it's a different book. I don't remember the book that she's actually reading from, but she takes her time out to read aloud these beautiful passages. Again, that voice inflection is hypnotic. Close your eyes, just immerse yourself in that moment. Now, number one, it is a skill to read aloud. People don't do that very often. You know, they have to feel comfortable. They have to have a pace. So I want you just to get just a little taste of what she does, but you got to follow her. She's amazing. All right, I'll turn it over to you, Angela. Okay, I was going to read something, but I've decided to read something else. I put red stilettos on my feet and red lipstick on my lips with little in between. I could look classy. I could look cute. I could look sexy, sultry or slutty. My smile was a chameleon, showing nothing, hiding everything. I appeased men, stoked their appetites, kept them happy and gave them what they wanted. I had to learn how to do all that, but I learned that if I did, I could get what I needed to. Not emotionally or spiritually, and least of all physically, but what I needed transactionally to live. And yet it was no life. Is that enough? Well, that's enough for me, Brains. <laughs> um what do you want your legacy to be, Dr. Oh. Angela Bennett? Wow. That I loved much. That I loved much. That's all you need is love. Yeah, you know, I have been in the places where a lot of people will never be. And there, I'm someone's daughter, I'm someone's mum. And the women who are out there in the brothels or on the streets, they're someone's daughter. They're someone's sister, they're someone's mum. And above all else, they are God's daughters. He loves them just as much as he loves you and me. And that I, I have no judgment of wherever you're at, whatever you've done, I have no judgment. There's no judgment from me. And it's one of the most beautiful characteristics that God has allowed in me is to be judgment-free. Because that's one of the most important things, I think, but it's really hard for most of us. We, we judge. We just do. We're humans. But I've worked so hard on that because I've been in places so, yeah, no judgment and just love. Well, thank you for loving on us, being open, honest, and transparent. Uh, I thank you again from the bottom of my socks because my heart just isn't deep enough. You know, you could have chose anywhere to tell the story and um, you shared it with my brains. So brains, I need you to go in, like, love, share, and subscribe. Uh, I'm going to get all of Dr. Angela Bennett's information, tune into her podcast, listen to her read to you in the morning. She's in Australia, so she's, you know, it's five o'clock for us. Well, three o'clock for us, it's about eight in the morning. 
get up, have a cup of coffee. She's always got on this nice scarf and a big, beautiful bug, uh, mug or something. I don't know. Well, you, you're sober now, so good. So I'm assuming it's hot chocolate or it's coffee or it's tea or something. But it warms your heart. It does. And you have warmed ours. Thank you so much. I appreciate you. I appreciate you so much, Brains. Thank you for listening. It's been an honour to be here. April, thank you. Thank you for your persistence in getting us to this space today. It's just been such an honour. Tell my brain uh, how to get in contact with you. Yes, my email, sorry, my website is angieb.com.au. My email is angie at angieb.com.au. And tell them a little bit about the coaching. What can they expect when they oh, coach with you? Transformation, breakthrough, empowerment, self-confidence. Oh, yeah. And direction. You need, like, if you're at the point where you're like, I don't know where to go anymore. I want something more, but I don't know how to get there. Come and work with me. All right. All right. Thank you so much, Brains. I love you too. Okay, don't be jealous. <laughs> Talk to you later. Bye, Angela.